Hey everybody, welcome to uh, Rendezvous with Jamie McGlue. Uh, we're going to talk about health today. So um, the low-hanging fruit of health uh, in particular. So easy ways to be healthy. Because uh, I'm very, I don't know, I'm not an expert, obviously. Um, and uh, But I'm very interested in health. Um, I guess... I went vegan a few years ago, and that's kind of when I really got deep into it. But um, I'm not vegan now, actually. And I'm going to talk about that in another episode, like the ethics of eating and what I think, um, you know, we can all agree on and what is in dispute. And so I think that would be interesting. But, um, but today I'm going to mention a few things about if you are a vegan, things you need to know for being healthy. Um, and But we're just in general talking about health and... Uh, on various levels, kind of um, physical health, emotional or mental health, which is kind of similar, even spiritual health. Um, and yeah, the low hanging fruit. So, you know, the easy opportunities for being healthy because um, there's a lot of them. And so if you listen to this podcast, um, uh, we're not going to go into, you know, crazy depth, allegedly. Um, but uh, yeah, you'll, for 100%, there's a bunch of things in here you're unlikely to know. Um, but maybe you do. That would be. It. I mean, if you know something, I don't. Please tell me in the comments. That would be amazing. But um, but yeah. So I hope you you'll um learn some cool stuff in this, and then you can try to in integrate some of that. Full disc uh, disclosure. Well, that's not really the word I want. But uh, of course, I wish I didn't have to say this, and I considered not saying it. But um, on this t topic, you know, um, due to the state of the culture and the collective consciousness and um, the um, according uh, legal framework or whatever, um, I'm not giving you uh, like health advice. Well, I am giving you advice in a way, but um, but uh, it's not. Um, this is all. If you, anything you do is on yourself, right? You're a free being, so um, I can't guarantee that everything I say is true. I'm pretty sure um, it's all true, um, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if I make a few mistakes here and there, um, and so. Um, please, anything you want to start doing, um, research it properly. Um, so, oh, Jamie mentioned this thing. That's interesting. Go spend half an hour re reading about it, you know, or more. Um, and if you've got some sort of sensitive situation, then if you've got a doctor, um, then maybe you could talk to your doctor about that or whatever, you know. Um, but just in general, be like a you know responsible being about this. But uh, that said, I think most of these things are very simple, like, um, you know, uh, risk-free kind of ways to improve your life, you know. So that said, let's get into some chunky blues before, you know, because I don't have a theme song except this shifting tune of whatever I happen to play. So here we go.
I dare say that was chunky enough. Uh, let me know in the comments if you would have preferred it chunkier. Okay. Now, to business, my friends. So, all right. So, of course, uh, health is just health. But we could usefully separate it into some categories, right? Like, so physical health, um, the health of your body, right? Um, the, the systems of the cells. Well, I mean, yeah, like the, your body and uh, the organs and limbs and everything and the, that make up your body. Um, and the systems, the digestive system, the respiratory system, the circulatory uh, system, um, etc. Uh, cardiovascular system. Um, so, and then, you know, going deeper into the cells and whatever. That's all physical. So we could also, t uh, so we're going to talk about ways to optimize that. Um, also, emotional health, right? So we could say um, emotions basically are messengers, right? They are useful. Even negative emotions are very good for you um, if they're balanced, right? And positive emotions can be bad for you if they're unbalanced, right? So emotions are nature's way that has evolved of helping us do the right thing, do things that are good for us and good for our community. Um, so I see a snake. I go, ah, I get scared. Is it bad that I'm experiencing fear? No, it's going, ah, you know, be a bit leery of that character. Look at that sneaky slippery distant cousin on the in the plant uh, uh, animal kingdom um you know so okay be careful there right or um someone is pushing you too far right they're kind of you know um doing something very disrespectful or they're trying to make you do something that you shouldn't do like hey um hey why don't you do some of my work you know i, I want to go play golf why don't you you're a good guy why don't you do some of my work for me right a, that's not good for you because you've got other things to do with your life uh, and apart from the fact that you're being spineless if you let him uh, put you in that position. Uh, B, uh, it's not good for that other person either because that's allowing them to become a tyrant and to dominate people. So if you can push back and set a boundary, that's good for you. It's also good for them. So as an act of kindness, you should be a bit firm, right? Um, and uh, yeah, occasionally as an act of kindness, you might even mock someone or like... Um, you know, I think always it's good to have good intentions and um, to be as peaceful as possible. But yeah, point being, um, anger could rise up in you to say, "Hey, that's not okay. I know you're a nice guy, but this isn't all right. This is you got to. This is different. You need to set a line here." Um, and so that would be helping you to um, do what's good for you and the community. Um, so, but then, what if you're always angry? Uh, and, and sadness also, right? Something bad happened. I, I guess sadness could make you aware of what's important to you. Um, no sweet without sour. It could make you aware of what makes you happy. Why do I feel bad? Why do I feel sad? Oh, maybe I'm eating too many processed carbs. Or, oh, maybe um, uh, I really uh, wanted to do something, but I was too afraid to do it. And um, say the fear was out of line. And now uh, uh, the sadness is here to let me know that something in my life is not quite right. I need to make a change. And so they're messengers, right? The thing is, um, you know, what if the messenger comes to the door, delivers the letter, and then says, hey, can I can I come inside? Can I have a cup of tea? Like, uh, no, oh, I'm already inside. Oh, is that, 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 I like your couch. Let me just lay down here and eat some popcorn. No, right, get out of the house. Right? Thank you for your message. Off you go, right? Other messengers will come with new messages when I need to learn. Or I understand, fear, You've told me the message or anger or sadness 
or whatever it is, any emotion or happy, good things, pride. Oh, I did a good thing. Nice. I should do that again. This is a good for me and for other people, right? Um, or compassion. Um, interesting. I guess a mixture of good and bad emotion or positive and negative emotion. Um, what excitement. Oh yeah, I should do uh, this thing excites me. Maybe I should follow it. Maybe I should do it. You know, I'm interested in it. Maybe because you're good at it or maybe because it's good for you. Um, so you get the message and then the messenger should leave, right? Um, depression, people, you're constantly sad, right? Or, and numb, not just sad, but, um, the very value itself, um, valence or, uh, or, um, meaning attributed to events and, um, I guess you think, uh, yeah, circumstances in your life, um, kind of fades away into a kind of nothingness. Um, but that would, I guess that's a complicated subject, but, um, that would be an example where there's a lingering, a sadness which is there um, far more than is healthy. Or anger, people who are just constantly angry and raging and looking for trouble, you know, looking for things to get, get annoyed about. That's where, you know, that's obviously, we could say unhealthy, right? So emotional health would be something like that. You have an appropriate emotional response to things, appropriate meaning it makes you want to do the right thing. Something which is good for you and good for, good for you today, tomorrow, 10 years from now good for your family today, tomorrow, 10 years from now, good for your community today, tomorrow, 10 years from now, good for the earth today, tomorrow, 10 years from now, a thousand years from now. Of course, we can't keep all of this in mind, but this is the ideal we're working toward when of what is right action, things that are harmonious and uplifting for you and your surroundings, which are also you in a greater sense. E uh, episode seven, Awakening, check it out if you don't know what I mean by saying that everything around you is also you. Um, so emotional health, you have a good, uh, proper, appropriate reaction and um, yeah, you have a balanced uh, uh, emotional life. Emotions come and go like weather does, but it doesn't linger forever. Rain clouds come, oh, you're sad because something bad happened. Uh, you lost someone you cared about. Um, if, you know, if the rain stays there forever, oh, it's not, not really good, right? But oh, the sun comes out later on, excellent, right? You've got a natural, lively life, uh, and, um, yeah, and then when you have that emotional variability, uh, you know, then you can actually appreciate the negative stuff because it makes the positives um, greater. Um, and uh, can you appreciate the positives for making the negatives worse? Hmm. Let me know in the comments. Um, all right. Uh, mental, I guess, you know, what we talk about mental health, that would kind of be pretty similar to what I'm describing as emotional health. Um, but I'd say, you know, the mind... The emotions are kind of the bridge, like Eckhart Tolle describes them as the bridge between the mind and the body. So, so I suppose it seems fairly accurate, uh, but because often, you know, your mind thinks things and then that affects your body via emotions. So, you know, you have, if you're thinking negative stuff all day, that uh, literally causes like um, cortisol, like stress, stress hormone constantly. Um, you're in like, what is it, the... I always get confused between uh, parasympathetic or sympathetic. I think it's sympathetic nervous system um, where um, you are in fight or flight mode, basically survival mode. The rep deep part of the brain, reptilian brain, comes online and kind of hijacks, takes over. Um, so uh, the um, – uh, where were we? <laughs> um, the, yeah, the, the bridge between the, the mind and the body, right? So – so the emotions, your mind, if, if it's going haywire, um, it can af affect your body. Or even temporarily, you know, 
it should affect your body. Like, release that stress hormone. There's a snake over there. Make him notice it, right? Like, um, so, or want to avoid it, not be curious. Say, so imagine a child. If a child didn't have that response of that, then maybe they'll be, oh, that's kind of cool and interesting. Like, oh, I, I have a weird feeling. I don't know about that snake thing. Maybe I should stay over here, you know. Um, so, but the mind, so what else could we say about mental health? I suppose um, having ideas and ways of thinking, way, like habits, mental habits, ways that you approach new information, ways you approach problems, ways um, in which you engage with your emotions and kind of sort them out and try to understand them and say the ability to get back in balance when you're out of balance emotionally, the, the ability to use the mind to inter, intercede there or intervene and kind of try to reset things. Go, okay, I'm feeling scared, but it doesn't make any sense. doesn't make sense. There's no need to be scared. Oh, yeah, that's kind of true, yeah. But it's good that you know about it now, right? That's great. It's great that you're aware of it. Better than not being aware. You know how you feel. How would you like to feel? Oh, you want to feel good? All right, what makes you feel good? Right, you could kind of use the mind to um, affect your emotions and that affects your body. So this is um, mental health, I guess. Um, spiritual health, I mean, basically just live in the moment and go with the flow, I say. All right, there we go. Um, and maybe pursue, um, you, that's your inner purpose, Eckhart Tolle would say. Uh, be here now, basically, be in the moment. Be as conscious as you can. Try to be present to this moment. Because life is always this moment. Um, but, but he also says you have an outer purpose, like a secondary thing, something in the world, in the field of time that you want to do. So perhaps we could also call that spiritual health is having some sort of purpose of a direction, uh, a, a narrative arc to your personal story. Maybe that's raising a beautiful family. Maybe that's um, reforming damaged systems or unhealthy systems. Uh, or perhaps that's um, being creative and you know making art, or perhaps that's um, just improving the baseline of society by um, providing you know more food or or whatever, um, innovating, uh, whatever. Right. So these are per noble purposes. We could call that a type of spiritual health, um, but the primary one: be here now, go with the flow, um, and enjoy. Uh, okay. So now, why bother about health? I mean, what's the point? I think, yeah, some, like, there was a time when I thought, like, oh, these health freaks, why are they so interested in health? What's wrong with them? <laughs> you know, like, what's, what's the deal? You know, um, you know, why they're always running around or like, these guys in lycra, you know, cycling, whatever. Um, but I think some people t can take anything too far, right? Um, some people can take anything not far enough. But so, but health, when you're doing it, when you're interested in a, in a kind of balanced way, the way that I think you should be interested in it, um, and I hope you are already interested, uh, is, well, uh, it feels amazing to be healthy. It's, um, what do you want? I don't think there's anything you want that won't, that doesn't hinge on health. Health is the foundation. Healthy body leads to a healthy mind and healthy emotions. Um, and then that will radically improve any project you have, any desire you're trying to attain, any um, pain you're trying to avoid. Um, so basically, that's why you should be interested. One uh, kind of I think uh, interesting idea is nothing 
tastes as for this is just food, I guess, but nothing tastes as good as healthy feels. Food is wonderful, you know, coffee, I love coffee, or but uh, nothing tastes as good as healthy feels. Um, and so that would be that's only one aspect, but I think the feeling just of being here when you're really healthy, that's uh, next level, and then also would help you achieve that outer purpose of whatever you're working on. All right, so moving on to some specific tips. Now we're, we're going to give you some juicy. The uh, uh, we're just going to go through um, many little tips, right? Um, some of them you'll be completely unaware of, probably like, oh, what what is this thing? I need to look this up. Um, please do. Um, other things, of course, sleeping. You're probably aware of what sleeping is, um, but uh, I'm going to mention things that you might not know about sleeping and scientific research about it or whatever. But we're kind of just going to go through them. Um, if some parts not that interesting, all right, just skip a bit ahead or whatever, right? Um, and uh, yeah, so then uh, we're going to kind of some of these will be about physical health, some about emotional health, some mental, etc. So uh, diet. Right. Okay. Big one. Right. So Michael Pollan, this journalist who done a lot of work on food, basically summarized his advice as eat real food, not too much, mostly plants. Pretty simple. Right. So real food, meaning um, fresh, the fresher, the better. Right. Jamie Oliver, I think when asked like, you know, how is your food so good? He's like, it's really fresh, good quality ingredients. You know, you can do whatever magic you want in the kitchen, but if you just have fresh, good quality ingredients, um, pay a bit more for it. Pay twice as much and eat half the amount. Whatever The food is going to taste much better because it's just a lot more um, cheaply made food does not have the same internal composition. There's not the same molecules and um, quantities of those molecules. Um, there might be extra stuff in there that the good stuff doesn't have um, or like it's just not that fresh or um, so the molecules are turning into some other form. Um, and you can taste that, but you can also feel it. Um, so like if you grow your own food and you eat it, you'll taste, oh my God, this tastes incredible. Of course it does, right? So that's a real thing. Um, not too much, right? So the Okinawans who, um, well, you know, maybe not the younger generation who are eating hamburgers, etc. unfortunately. I mean, I love hamburgers, but it seems like there's a bit of um, a loss of culture there. Where, But the older generation, for sure, um, they live incredibly long one of those blue zones they've been called blue zones um, where there's an enormous uh, number of the population enormous number of people um, who uh, live very very long like 80s um, 90s 100s um, and uh, they have a, th a policy where well, policy they've there's an idea in their culture in okinawa of eat until you're 80 percent full so don't eat until you're totally full or way too full um, but eat until you're 80 percent full um, and I believe uh, it takes a while. There's a lag between when you know the food you've eaten, just put in your mouth. There's a lag between the, um, how much food you've eaten and the, the, when you, when you know that you've eaten enough. So say if you're eating till you're 80% full, probably 10 minutes later, 20 minutes later, you're going to go, oh, I'm actually 100% full, or I'm 90% full. Um, but it was just catching up. So eat until you're 80% full then you're probably going to digest a bit more and go, ah, oh, I feel incredible. I feel so nice. You've got enough food. Because I think a lot of us, we're used to having a bit too much food. And that's just normal for us. So that's one easy thing to try. Try it out. Let me know what you think. Um, uh, so what else? Um, mostly plants. So Michael Pollan's saying that. And 
I think in general that's good advice. Um, uh, definitely, you know, the standard American diet or whatever, or like you know, eating a lot of bread, etc. Look, just if you just add more plants, it's going to improve it um, for sure. Um, uh, however, um, there are people who eat the carnivore diet is a thing, and there's people who have the keto ketogenic diet, keto diet, which is heavily heavy, almost all fat and protein, very few carbohydrates. So that would be mo a lot of that would be animal foods, um, not so much plants, which are a type of carbohydrate, although they're different to they're complex carbohydrates. It's better for your body than simple carbohydrates like pasta um, coming from grains, pasta, bread, crackers, um, you know, pizza, whatever that kind of stuff. Um, nonetheless, um, so some people, you know, it seems that there's some potential that um, uh, you can eat only meat. Uh, especially if you're eating organs like liver or heart or um, kidney, these things are actually packed full of uh, uh, vitamins. Um, and you know the alpha wolf. If you look at animals. You know the alpha wolf in the pack eats the liver. Um, doesn't even bother with like the the muscle or maybe a bit. But that, that, so that's like these are very um, nutritious things. Um, but uh, you'd have to cook it right. It's pretty strong liver, but. You think you can cook it like say fry it in um, like or with oregano in butter with oregano and you know um, uh, you know stuff like that and with some cheese some feta I did that once it was pretty good um, anyway so there is a case for that um, and you know ketogenic diet they would say you know yeah we have some maybe some plants but you know they wouldn't be eating bananas and stuff because a lot of sugar there and they seem to be in incredibly healthy the ketogenic diet. Again, I don't know, and maybe not for everyone, but there are professional athletes who do that and swear by it. And there's some Dr. Dom D'Agostino, is that his name? D'Agostino um, has done research into performance and health. Like I think certain cancers potentially, um, uh, I don't know what benefit they can have, but there, there's some potential, I think, um, in that regard with the ketogenic diet. Definitely people of epilepsy um, who have convulsions and seizures um, uh, they that's where the ketogenic diet was first really um, explored I believe was um, they found enormous benefit in reducing the number of seizures and the frequency by having this diet which is almost entirely fat and protein of course healthy sources of these um, and very little carbohydrates which is sugar and bread and whatever um, so and then people have extended that now um, and they say they've got really good results and that you get into a state called ketosis where your body is, instead of running on, I think, glycogen, which is basically sugar, your body's, body's running on um, ketones, ketone bodies, which are produced by your liver. So it's a different um, type of energy, and apparently um, it's very good for you. Um, concentration, good for uh, many things. So they, And then you have the um, uh, paleo diet, the paleolithic diet, where they're saying, let's eat the way we used to eat uh, 10,000 years ago, before the uh, agricultural revolution, where we, we have grains, which allowed an explosion of po the population and therefore of technology and advancement, that kind of stuff. However, wasn't necessarily the, uh, healthier than the previous diet, but it just allowed us to have more food and so more people. Um, and so there's a trade-off there, it seems. And so th they say that there is evidence um, f that... Uh, and, you know, I, I, was, I did have the... I did go on the uh, paleo diet for a while, and I had I felt amazing actually. Um, but again, it's hard to know because there are many variables. What else was I doing? You know, was I sleeping more? Was I doing this? Was I, you know, enjoying certain things I was doing at that time? But um, but just getting rid of sugar, and I also did a ten day sugar d 
detox once, and that was incredible. I didn't even want sugar after three days or pasta. It, al- it almost repulsed me. I was like, I feel so nice and calm um, and had great energy. So that's something you could look into also if you're interested. But um, the idea of the paleo diet, so no grains, um, so um, bread, you know, wheat, pasta, um, and uh, no cereal, right? Um, and no dairy. So no grains, no dairy. Um, is that right? No dairy? I think that's right. Yeah. And so they'll have meats like chicken, beef, you know, pork, etc. Um, vegetables and fruit if it's low in um, uh, sugar. But a lot of fruit we have cultivated over the centuries that, and the millennia to be, you know, much have much more sugar. So I think um, certain things like apples, they used to be tiny. And then through going, we always plant the, the seeds from the biggest apples and then they get slow, they're evolving, right? And they, they get bigger and bigger, more and more sugar. Um, and the idea, yeah, that um, we crave sugar, we love sugar because it used to be very rare and it's got a lot of energy. But so we're hardwired to go seek it. But actually, um, uh, we don't need that much of it. And it can be, it's one of the main causes of uh, disease, it seems, is excess sugar consumption. Um, it seems, <laughs> not an expert. Um, now, okay, what else? So eat real food, not too much, mostly plants. So, okay, so, the, you know, the paleo diet, okay, they're probably eating mostly plants or maybe 50-50 with meat and, and eggs, right? Um, but then if you don't want to go that far, if you still want to eat your bread and et cetera, um, that's where I think having mostly plants is definitely a great idea. Um, you know, salads, um, there's so many delicious types of salads you can make, um, and uh, all kinds of stuff, you know, like, um, yeah, look up the on the internet, right? Get creative. There's so much potential there for really delicious food um, uh, without bread and et cetera. But if you want it, then, you know, try to balance it out with plants, it seems. Um, or So we said fresh. Organic uh, is not just a cool buzzword, right? There's something to it. There's no smoke without fire, right? Organic, basically, in a nutshell, means not being sprayed with chemicals when they're growing. So there's pesticides and um, uh, fungicides, etc. cetera. Um, or, uh, pesticides, I guess, would be herbicides and fungicides. So you're putting chemicals on there to remove the pests. Any pests that eat it go, ah, I'm going to die. Or they eat it and, and they do die, like a little bit later. And so it's a way of keeping the, allowing more money to be made. And um, fair enough, farmers need to make money. But you might wonder if, they could make less money and be okay there, um, especially, you know, um, as we mentioned in the episode on Mother Nature, uh, um, was that five, episode five, um, the uh, regenerative agriculture, since we don't need these chemicals. Anyway, we definitely don't need them in our diet, right? So uh, food which is sprayed with them, there's been a lot of studies showing that there's a lot of health problems that seem to arise due to this consumption of food that's been sprayed with, oh, it's killing all these, you know, it kills all the bugs, it kills, you know, the fungi, uh, blah, blah, blah. But it won't hurt us, right? And a lot of the studies that they're allowed to put um, amounts of these chemicals on their food, like the way it's measured often, I believe, by certain regulatory agencies is oh, if it doesn't cause diseases in people, then that's fine. But the thing is, often the time frame of those studies might not be very long. And also you have the problem of sub-symptomatic um, or sub-clinical, I can't remember the term, but basically where there's negative effects, but you just it's not strong enough to notice in a study. 
So they would go, all right, we'll use as much of these chemicals as we can without giving anyone a clear illness. Um, and they're not trying to hurt anyone. They're just trying to get by and you know be as efficient as possible. Fair enough, the farmers. Um, but uh, so uh, foods that are not sprayed with these chemicals are far healthier. That seems pretty much established. And a uh, second side of organic would be uh, GMO. So I don't know a lot about GMO, but in general, you know, I would say um, I think there's good reason to be cautious of things. And when you look at regenerative agriculture, um, it doesn't seem like there's a great need for GMO and for kind of playing God and, you know, taking certain risks of we don't know what's going to happen in 50 years to the people who have been eating the GMO stuff that was invented 20 years ago, you know, um, or 10 years ago or whatever. Um, taking, you know, some gene from a frog and putting it in your wheat, you know, like could be a good idea, could be a terrible idea. Uh, who knows? Um, and who needs to know, you know, like it seems like it's not necessary. Also, I believe, um, I think this may have been in that documentary, Kiss the Ground. Uh, I'm not sure, but I think uh, the GMO, since GMO was introduced, I don't think it, it had the results they expected in terms of boosting quantity of food we're producing. I think maybe in certain cases, but so look, I don't know, but that's just one thing to keep in mind. But we, do, um, we definitely don't need it in our food. If you want to be healthy, if you're having health problems, especially, I would recommend organic food. Even if it's a bit more expensive, like you can eat a bit less of the food and just get better quality stuff. Or cut down on something else, you know. Um, and yeah, your health is really uh, worth it, you know. It feels great. So what else? Um, the uh, varied. So a varied, diverse diet seems to be good, right? Um, getting a, a combo, you know, uh, eat the rainbow, they say. Have a, a bunch of different colors on your plate because you're getting different um, compounds in there. So that's generally, I think, good advice. Um, uh, the gut microbiome. So... Um, uh, fermented foods, um, probiotic is the term, right? So kimchi from South Korea, kimchi is very good for your, your gut. Um, uh, sauerkraut, the German thing, which is basically, I think, fermented cabbage. Actually pretty delicious, this stuff, once you get a little taste for it. At the beginning, you could mix it with other stuff. Have some roast potatoes, something you like, you know, and have a bit of this kimchi or sauerkraut on the side or, you know, pickles, like pickled gherkins or whatever, or pickled onions or... And just combine it and start to get a taste for it. And uh, that's, uh, and also kefir and Greek yogurt, um, similar thing. Kombucha, the drink, delicious kombucha. Um, these are a good supplement for a replacement for soft drinks. If you love fizzy drinks, drink kombucha. It's delicious. It's like a fermented tea. Incredibly good for you. Very healthy. Um, and this is all good for your gut microbiome, the ecology within your stomach. And a lot of the serotonin and, you know, different... Um, mole molecules or um, things that are good for your brain are actually produced in your stomach. And so diet has a direct influence on that. And um, so having, eating these probiotic foods is very good for, I believe, the immune system, but um, definitely for your mood um, and yeah, your endocrine system, I think, like your just kind of the physical side of emotions, I think. Um, but yeah, so probiotics are very good. You can take probiotic pills, you know, and you can take supplements, um, and there's a place for that, but in general, it seems um, some you need to you want to get the most expensive probably because some cheaper supplements sometimes don't have what they promise in them. Um, so uh, you know if you if you're going to get supplements, it's better to just get it from food. But if you want to or you need to, try to get more expensive supplements, um, better quality ones that have a good reputation. Uh, now foods, if you want supplements, that's what I would usually not not a sponsor, right? But now foods they um, seem to be pretty legit, and I've had 
that's what I normally get. Um, uh, but yeah, so you can get probiotics in a supplement, but better from food. Um, similarly, fish oil you can get like a, or krill oil, I believe is even better, more bioavailable. And it's mostly from Antarctica where it's more sustainable. There's like, see, apparently there's more than enough krill there. Um, and, uh, the waters are less polluted. So apparently that would be the healthiest form of getting omega threes, but, or a high quality fish oil. Um, I believe there's um, ve uh, vegetarian versions from algae that are being made now, um, or spirulina that might have omega-3s in it. That's made from algae. So, but omega-3s are very good for your brain and I think for many things. Um, but, uh, and yes, so balances out the ratio with omega-6. We have a lot of omega-6 for our modern diet and omega-6 is fine, apparently, but you need a, there's a ratio there to balance. So I believe, I don't know the details, but omega-3, good stuff. Um, now, uh, so yeah. And so let's just say, uh, uh, okay. So vegans, if you're going to be vegan, right? So you're not eating eggs, um, or, you know, honey even, right? Animal products. Um, so, uh, vegans don't eat animal, any animal products. Um, that's the general vegan, uh, way. Uh, vegetarians eat, don't eat, um, uh, animals, but they eat animal products. Um, if you're eating fish, sorry, you're not a vegetarian, you're a pescatarian, right? You eat fish. Um, uh, so yeah. Um, but so, or, you know, some vegans might, you know, they might eat, uh, ethical eating where they would, they would eat eggs maybe to get all the omega threes in there and, um, whatever, there's a bunch of good stuff in eggs and protein uh, and fats, healthy fats. Um, but just get it from, you know, chickens which are having a great time in a field you know and um the eggs don't if there's no rooster the eggs aren't going to turn into a chicken right so it's not killing a being it's just something you know like they produce them and so okay um where are they going to go well you could eat them and um so and same similar thing with honey some people will do it with you know ethical ethically sourced honey but so if, if you're gonna be vegan though as far as i understand it there's no um source of b12 which is an essential um vitamin uh, we need um, in our bodies um, in nature. There's no natural source of it except through um, eating animals, I believe. Um, that might, I, I uh, it was a few years since I did, uh, you know, dived into the science of this stuff. Um, uh, dove into the science? Hmm, dived? Um, uh, English teacher should know this, probably. But uh, so the, um, but as far as I understand it, yeah, you can't get B12 from, um, non-animal products now what would happen is cows and animals they eat grass and they're, they have like a series of stomachs or at least two stomachs so they can digest the grass and turn it into whatever they need to grow their bodies and then we can eat them and so we are getting the b12 they get it from the soil and then we get it from them um, potentially if you don't wash your vegetables and, and they've got a bit of earth in there you might be able to get b12 through that um, i'm not totally sure I wonder if you could make like a little drink out of like a bit of earth mixed with like something delicious, you know, blend up the earth really fine so no one even notices. B12 drinks. Someone go make, go get, become a millionaire, do this, if, if it makes any sense. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that would be one thing if you're vegan. Um, just make, make sure you're, for one thing, uh, look up what, what you need, um, you know, if you're ideally you would look up all the basics of what you need nutritionally and where you can source that and try to have regular meals where you're getting all the things you need in um so it's vegan to just eat you know fries you know 
that's vegan, it's potatoes, um, but deep fried in like these um, grain seed oils, which are terrible for you, it, I believe. Um, um, and, you know, so that vegan isn't necessarily healthy, right? Um, so there's a right way to do it. Um, so get B12 and possibly other supplements if you, if you can afford them and if you want them, um, or ideally just try to get it through your food. Um, also, uh, phytic acid is something you need to be aware of. P-H-Y-T-I-C, acid, phytic acid. So a lot of um, things like seeds and grains um, and beans, um, they, uh, which I think is another thing paleo, the paleo diet doesn't eat beans, um, they, uh, they contain something called phytic acid in varying proportions. Um, but phytic acid is something apparently like a snowflake kind of structure, but when you eat it with other food, um, all the useful vitamins that you want, like vitamin D and, you know, or like calcium, minerals and vitamins will like link into it and kind of lock in. And you, your body can't digest phytic acid. So it's going to put it through to, you know, send it down the sewer, right? Um, and so if you're eating, um, say you're like, I'm getting my, my amount of vitamin D and this and this because I've got these foods, but I'm also eating bread or I'm also eating, you know, things that contain phytic acid. Um you're actually getting less than you think because a lot, um, a, a ser very significant percentage of the vitamins and minerals are being t t taken up by the phytic acid and not digested. So that's why people soak beans and seeds and stuff. Traditionally, you can soak them overnight. It depends. You could look it up, but I think there's, you know, in vinegar, you can do it in lemon juice. There's certain ways to do it where you can um, take out most of the phytic acid. Hemp seeds, if you want a seed, hemp seeds, I believe, have no or almost no phytic acid. Um, it's a miracle plant. Uh, must be an alien from another dimension, you would have to assume. Um, and uh, uh, also, I think sourdough bread, where they're naturally, um, it's just water and flour mixed, and the, um, basically you're getting the uh, bacteria from the air is um, ferment, uh, fermenting it and transforming it um, rather than adding yeast. Um, that, I believe, breaks down the structure of um, phytic acid a, a bit, I think. I believe it does it with gluten. I think it does it with phytic acid too. Not sure. Um, all right. So now finally with diet, then we're moving on. We're going to, you know, diet of course takes a long time, but um, uh, very fundamental. But um, fat doesn't make you fat. That's the, the very important idea, right? Sugar makes you fat, basically, in a nutshell. Now, if you're eating a bunch of bread and, you know, which turn, gets turned into sugar basically immediately upon... Uh, in, in the once it enters the body, uh, if you're eating a lot of processed carbs and you know they're turning into sugar, then if you eat a lot of um, healthy fat like eggs and you know beef and um, uh, you know nuts and avocado and all this stuff, if you're eating a lot of um, saturated fat, I think potentially that's that's bad. Um, again, as far as I know, I'm just going to give you very quickly what I understand to be true. You can do your own research. The worst of all options is where you've got a lot of fat and a lot of carbs, processed carbs. Um, it's, that can cause problems, I think, for your arteries, potentially. Um, for some people, probably some people can skate through it, just like there's old men drinking whiskey and smoking cigarettes at, who live to be 110 or whatever. You know. But in general, that could cause a problem. Um, <clears throat> the, sec the silver medal would go to high-carb diet, low-fat. Low-fat diet, you know, that would be the silver medal, maybe, compared to like if you have both, high of both. Um, the gold medal goes to um, low-carb diet. So a lot of fat, a lot of protein, and not too much carbs. Most of the carbs will be through 
with complex carbohydrates through vegetables. Um, but uh, if you do that, actually you lose weight. Um, uh, this, you know, this is the idea of the paleo diet and the ketogenic diet is that you, you get more muscle toned um, and you know, there's health benefits um, uh, including lo losing weight. Um, so as far as I understand it, that is the case. Uh, so healthy fats. Um, now, um, so certain oils, right? Like olive oil is very good for you. Coconut oil is very good for you. Um, and you can cook with it at a very high temperature, much higher than olive oil before it starts to turn carcinogenic, cancer causing. Um, but um, oils like uh, margarine, um, uh, sunflower oil, you know, um, the, seed, the seed oils, um, as far as I understand it, do your own research, they're not good for you at all. They cause, you know, heart problems, um, you know, uh, cancer. A lot of problems have been connected to them, especially if they're being deep fried. Things are being deep fried in that, like a lot of takeaway stuff. That could be a problem. Again, sometimes, you know, I've had a few Guinness and I, I want to get some takeaway food and I do it. But the idea, I think, is balance. You know, be aware that you can't do that too much before you start to infringe upon your, impinge upon your health, it seems. All right, diet. Hallelujah, we're done. Now, um, exercise. So exercise is very good for you. Um, for example, uh, running, apparently 20 minutes of running, I think, can increase the, 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 the size. It can trigger um, growth in the frontal lobe of your brain. The, the neocortex, I think, the part that controls decision-making and discipline, self-control, and executive function, making decisions, free will, that part of your brain grows, when, both when you're meditating um, uh, for consistently for, I think they did a uh, six weeks, people were meditating 20 minutes a day for six weeks, and they, they, their brains had grown, developed the frontal part of the brain, um, pretty sure, and uh, same deal with running, aerobic exercise, um, so that's interesting. Um, in general, good for the heart. Running is very good for your heart. Um, and, uh, you know, so you've got kind of cardiovascular exercise like running, swimming. Swimming is very, very good because um, uh, running can be harder on your joints, right? Because um, the gravity, boof, 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 swimming, you're suspended, right? Cycling, I guess, would be somewhere in the middle. Um, so that's very good. And then uh, lifting heavy stuff, you know, doing like, uh, that's very good for you. Uh, especially as you get older, um, weightlifting is very important for when you lift weights, um, it actually uh, Im increases your bone density. It makes your bones stronger. So if you see people, you know, who are getting a bit older and that maybe, oh, maybe I should stop doing so much stuff. Probably it's the opposite. You should start doing more stuff. Um, and that's going to, you know, don't go crazy, but walk up the stairs and then down the stairs once a day instead of just, you know, going in a, you know, uh, a chair or something, you know. Like, okay. Um, that would be good, you know. Or... Um, you know, getting a, so, uh, I mean, one thing I do is I always take the stairs if possible rather than uh, an escalator or elevator. Um, and so that's a small little thing where, you know, you do that all the time. That adds up, you know. But um, so, but you can do intense, rigorous exercise is very good for you. Also mentally, being able to have discipline and being able to push through things. If you're doing it regular, intense exercise all the time, um, then when problems come, it's not going to have as big an impact on you because you're already used to dealing with suffering. You've confronted it yourself. So... Um, and it's not about trying to impress, you know, you can try to impress people if you want, you know, fine. But it's not about being like a meathead and being dumb and, you know, being vain. It's like, uh, you know, what, what if World War Three breaks out? Imagine, hypothetically, uh, it would be good to be really strong, wouldn't it? And be capable and, you know, be able to run, for, you know, be able to lift heavy stuff, you know, maybe save someone from rubble or whatever, or be able to, um, you know, lift heavy stuff, um, 
whatever, uh, run really far without you know losing your stamina. Um, so these are good things to invest in, but it's very healthy for you anyway. Um, and until um, being, I believe, uh, yeah, that's probably all I have to say there. Um, a oh, let's see here, kettlebell, kettlebell. Um, if you're doing weightlifting, that's like a simple thing you can get, and um, I believe it is superior to most other very very heavy um, other types of weightlifting because it's um, kind of it requires you to recruit a lot of different muscle groups when you're using it. There's many ways. It's kind of flowy, you know, a bit like yoga or something. And so um, rather than just machines which are isolating one part of the body, so that would be if you're looking for optimizing your your fitness, I suppose um, that could be a good thing to do and it's cool and fun all right um exercise yeah and uh improve i think exercise also improves your sleep um and your, your concentration you know kids in school if they're doing more exercise more fun exercise get them to do dodgeball every you know once a day or something that would probably be really good for academic scores because it does um improve and try this out you know imp can improve your concentration and your mood um sleep uh so in general, uh, there's an enormous um, crisis in terms of sleep deprivation, um, as far as I understand it. Like we are with um, lights, since the invention of electricity and being able to just stay up all night with lights rather than having to relight these candles, and um, th th we have been altering, and we're no longer up with the sun and down with the sun. So, um, so that, that has had some negative effects on health because your body um, produces, uh, what is it? Um, uh, it'll come to me. But um, when you're sleeping in darkness, um, there is a certain uh, molecule or whatever uh, which um, can start with an M, I think. Melatonin, yeah. Melatonin, um, which uh, is produced only in darkness. So if there's a campfire, that's fine, like that, the light from a campfire. But the blue light or just maybe intense light from um, you know screens and lights in your house... Um, if you're sleeping with the light on, unfortunately, you're not getting melatonin, uh, very likely. And um, that has been connected to cancer incidents. People who work night shifts, um, and so they're up during the day, and they s they're sleeping during the day, and they're up during the night working, they have a higher rate of cancer. And so the, it seems like there's a fair hypothesis that this is lack of uh, melatonin. Um, so, you know, try to go to sleep early and wake up early is better for you, if possible. Um if, uh, if you're not going to do that, and I guess even if you are going to do it, it seems like good advice is to stop using screens about two hours before you go to bed. Go read a book, go hang out with someone, go play an instrument, go do whatever, go take a bath, you know, um, go for a walk, um, or at least like an hour before. But just be aware, right? Um, the, the more screens, or dim your screens, put them at a low intensity, um, that will help you go to sleep earlier, right? And help your sleep, improve the quality of your sleep. Um, and, uh, so, and thus, you know, the quality of your next day, cause you'll be better rested when you're sleeping, your brain's flooded with cerebro, cerebrospinal fluid, and that helps physically repair your brain, remove dead cells, that kind of stuff. Um, of course, dreams also help you process information and the lessons of, you know, why was I being chased by an enormous shoe and the laces weren't even tied? Oh, maybe I need to get more organized. Hmm. You know? Um, so Yeah. So sleep now, uh, and sleep also improves um, memory. So if you're learning, trying to learn something and retain, if you're cramming for an exam, you're trying to retain a lot of information, take a nap each day. I believe after, yeah, so you study and then take a nap and 
it improves studies have shown it improves retention of um, information so yeah so or you know you've got a big exam to, and when you you know if when you don't do that when you don't sleep enough your brain is not working it's not firing in all cylinders it's not at all on the same level and you've probably felt this but you know now that you know um you know there are the full uh, scientific studies showing the brain is not able to um, compete with its um fully rested self a sleep deprived brain can't compete with that um so not a good idea to stay up all night studying for an exam try to just try to get sleep there's a point of diminishing returns there and it comes pretty quick um so uh yes also um i believe for immunity um uh your t cell production i think plummets after one night of sleep deprivation and i think that's um for viruses and for resisting other kinds of pathogens or whatever i believe your t cell i don't even know what that is but this is what i've heard from people who look really smart you know um but yeah so sleep and sleep's great you know feels nice does it not um technology right so i mean uh apart from uh you know just like we said you know screens not using them too late for sleep purposes also um we're all looking a lot of us are looking at computers and phones all day a you know don't be a zombie walking down the street you know making people walk around you not cool you know um not a good look uh but um apart from that you know just being on our phones all the time um checking emails all the time apparently if you check your email like far less far less often um you'll be happier they've done studies show seem to show people are much less stressed when they just check their email three times a day or twice a day uh instead of you know oh just check see if anything's come in you get a dopamine hit so it's kind of addictive when you um you check your email even if you don't get it you're like, mm, i didn't get it okay it's kind of like a gambler losing it's kind of almost more enjoyable because it pulls them in must get the next one they get that feeling of engagement um and motivation so beware te of technology um it's a wonderful thing but of course it can be addictive and uh, imbalanced um uh unbalanced um so yes um one other item of technology to mention or that comes up is a microwave as far as i understand it microwaves aren't healthy um i could be wrong um but from what i've looked into it seems um they're you know irradiating your food and they it causes the um cells or something the the polarity of the cells ma um magnetic field of the cells something like this to swap back and forth and it does something to the water in content inside something like this i could be probably not what i'm saying but something like this and so it actually damages the cells on a very micro level the food you're eating is damaged when you're microwaving it so and you're expecting that to build a healthy body so probably better to just oh but i want to heat stuff up put it in the oven for like a minute you know um oh i whatever anything you want to do in the microwave you can just do in the oven or on the fry pan you know so i would recommend that and it's more delicious better texture better flavor um so that would be my two cents there um what other technology uh yeah so your eyes um so there's a, uh, apparently a, a good rule of thumb is 20 minutes looking at a computer spend 20 seconds looking at the distance blink try to shift focus you can look at your nose and look back at the distance or just look at something kind of closer and then something further or just look in the distance and just try to see stuff for 20 seconds then go back to work 20 minutes later up oh, right 20 seconds of the distance um and uh cuz apparently uh, rates of um as technology improved and people are doing more office work and um uh, etc close um close up work and living um 
much unlike our ancestors who were always scanning the distance for threats and opportunities. Um, uh, this close-up work and living has uh, caused an enormous increase in myopia, eye problems. So beware of that and, you know, take care of your eyes. Um, so social life. Yeah, um, uh, social life's incredibly good for you. Obviously, it's fun, but physically, it's good for your body. Um, uh, loneliness, apparently, is um, either the number one killer uh, um, or like one of the highest killers of of people like um uh, a lot of health problems come from loneliness and a lack of connection to others um that might i don't know exactly how that works but part of it i would, apart from maybe there's a vibration sharing of vibrations when you're with people maybe that causes some good effects on you um but i think part of it would be um i don't know about this just wondering you know um but i believe um yeah, um, oxytocin is very good for you, like physical touch and, you know, people smiling and handshakes, hugs, obviously kissing and that kind of stuff um, causes a lot of oxytocin, um, which is the trust hormone. And that's um, very good for you and probably helps relieve anxiety. And if there's a lot of anxiety, then you've got inflammation, right? It causes inflammation. Um, so I should have mentioned with food, it seems inflammation is one of the basic causes of illness. Um, even depression, potentially a lot of depression, or maybe all of depression. We don't probably a lot of it. I don't. I'm not sure exactly. Um, is caused by inflammation of the brain because of the foods you eat. And if you eat a lot of processed carbs and sugar, it causes inflammation. Um, so that's one reason why eating less of that makes us feel really good. Um, and uh, also, uh, probiotics are very good for countering inflammation. Um, uh, and so, yes. Um, so. Uh, Yes, um, social engagement um, uh, can, you know, relieve um, pressures of life. And so that would be something to, you know, obviously everyone is probably doing this already, but just, you know, try to um, uh, remain engaged with people and, you know, that's a big part of health. Um, Low-hanging fruit, just hang out and, you know, have fun. Um, uh, also organic lifestyle. So say household chemicals. A lot of them, a lot of the household chemicals from 30 years ago aren't legal anymore like whoops we caused all these problems okay that's actually not good for you and so there's a lot of chemicals we use which haven't yet been proven to be bad for us but look you know so you could do them but if you just want to be careful like what i do i um tend to use boiling water and vinegar for most of the cleaning i need you know um might use bleach if i need you know but like in general i can just avoid it you know um and um you call me crazy, but even with washing my dishes, I use boiling water. My grandma, right, I was talking to her, she was like, I was like how did you wash stuff when you were young? She said, oh, uh, you know, ma'am just boiled water and poured it over everything. And it's like, oh, of course. And it just strips away the oil and everything, you know. It works very well. And I've been doing it for like two years now. I'm not sick. She And she was never sick. But then again, um, none of them were. There was 11 of them. Um, this is in like the 30s, you know. But uh, then again, the food they were eating was probably better quality. The soils were richer back then in general, I think, and there's less of other stuff. But, you know, something to be said there. Um, they would also use that for weed control. So if you're using poisons for weeds in your garden, insects are eating that and then birds are eating those insects. That's not really good for the ecosystem. It's for the health of the ecosystem um, and potentially for you, you know, can handling those chemicals. An alternative is pour boiling water on the, the weeds and, you know, they're not going to, they die, you know, they don't last. Um, so that's something you can do. Um, yeah, vinegar, you can use vinegar for washing 
um, clothes, etc. But you know, th- this is just a, a thing. Of course, if you're very healthy in other ways, you don't need to do this. You know, it's just an option, one option. I think everyone can kind of make the configuration of health that makes sense to them. Um, some people can smoke cigarettes while doing running every day and doing all this other stuff, and they might be perfectly healthy. You know, um, but of course, cigarettes aren't healthy themselves. But um, it's the big picture, the holistic uh, uh, effect. Um, an active life, like don't, not being sedentary, doing moving around. You're at home. Sitting is the new smoking. They say. You know, well, try to. Um, there's a lot of problems that come from just sitting and not moving enough, both for posture, but also, I guess, circulation, blood flow, also your eyes. Um, so try to move around as much as you can. Um, simple thing. And yeah, like, oh, I could drive there. It's 10 minutes away. Oh, I'll drive. Maybe you should walk. Maybe that'd be nice, you know? And I love walking, you know, and even long walks, you know? Australians will understand, you know? Everything's far away. I mean, I guess a lot of people drive, but um, yeah, walking is good. Um, Cycling. Cycling's amazing also for getting around because you're much more immersed in the world. It's kind of like traveling to a, another place by train as c- compared to flying. You feel much more like you're actually traveling rather than teleporting. You're actually feeling the journey. Cycling is like that compared to taking a bus or um, driving, I feel. You're sur- immersed in the surroundings and the people pu- right there. You could touch them, reach out and touch them. And then you're two streets away and you could reach out and touch another person. Not that you should. Don't touch strangers. Um but yeah, so big fan of cycling. Um, let's see. Uh, okay, so that's some ba- the basic kind of stuff of you know keeping your, your for health. Yoga very good for you. Very good for flexibility. Good for strength and good for I think core strength. I think like the ligaments con- connecting every the the things that connect the muscles and the bones and stuff. I believe yoga is very good for this and balancing stuff out, avoiding injuries. If you're doing sport or um, martial arts. I think um, yoga is very good for also avoiding industry, uh, injuries, making sure your body, there's no points of tension that are, can be, you know, messed up sort of. Everything's flowing well um, and balanced. Also, it's very good for your emotional and, um, I guess, spiritual health. Um, uh, yeah. So, um, and uh, meditation, very good. Similar, you know, kind of to yoga, but you're just sitting there and, you know, the traditional um, Vipassana, Vipassana, um, breathing meditation, I guess would be the classic one. There's various forms. But that, yeah, it's been shown to improve a lot of things and not just mental health, but I believe, you know, there's obviously if you're calmer, if you're more calm, then that's going to affect your body also. Mind and body are two sides of the same coin. So um, healthy body can make a healthier mind. Healthy mind can make a healthier body. And um, so meditation, and it's really enjoyable. It's, I'm, I'm, you know, it's kind of still shocking how there's some sort of resistance to um, in me and and many people to meditating. Just sit down. It's like we're just so hardwired to do do do. But if you just sit down and be for a little bit, you will not regret it. No way. You're never like, oh, why did I meditate for ten minutes? You're always like, thank God, <laughs> I got myself to meditate for ten minutes. Oh my God. So that's great for you. Um, uh, and by the way, if you're like. Um, uh, I think I talked about this in the awakening episode um, number seven but if you're feeling oh, it would be great but I can't do it look, you know like everyone can meditate you know it's just a matter of um, practice and expectations managing your expectations you're not supposed to have a silent mind immediately and yeah some of your thoughts are going to be disturbing like, like oh my god the things that I'm thinking actually it's not really you thinking it. it's just um, thoughts going through your head a lot of that's from your ancestors or your culture your family 
the, your friends, the, the the culture you're growing up in. There's a lot of ideas we're exposed to that aren't yours. They just come in and out of your in what you know in and out of your uh, mind. So don't be worried. But there are a lot of crazy ideas you will encounter. Um, that's good for you, you know. And um, yeah, you just need to try to sit there and be with them and be with your thoughts and try to keep going back to the breath. And you get distracted. Oh, back to the breath. It's just a biceps curl for you know. Every time you go back to your breath, you're strengthening your your self control. Um, and um, it seems you're um, literally building um, uh, neural networks in the front of your brain, developing your brain mass in the front of your, um, yeah, um, prefrontal cortex. Um, meditation, go get some. Um, Wim Hof method. So the Wim Hof method I've talked about before, but basically um, breathing method, a breathing, heavy breathing. Um, I did like, you know, four rounds of it or something before this podcast. Felt great. I did three rounds and then I was thinking about what to say and getting like a little tense on like, okay, I need this, 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 uh, you know, trying to include everything. Um, and said, okay, let's do one more round before d starting. I felt much more loosey goosey, you know? And so it's good for you. There's breathing and cold exposure, cold showers. Very good for you. And at first it will be uncomfortable. If you keep doing that, just start 20 seconds and then turn on the hot, you know, um, or do it the other way, hot and then turn it on 20 seconds at the end. Um, do that every day. You're going to start going for 40 seconds, 60 seconds. You can do it longer, and the the feelings of pain are going to turn into feelings of pleasure. Um, it and it's a mate. And also, you have this feeling of kind of pride, I guess, of like, wow, actually, I can kind of control myself. That's pretty cool. And basically, you can learn to turn off your pain response. It seems you kind of go, it's good for me, and I can do it. And you just stay relaxed, and it doesn't really seem to affect you. And so you can kind of short circuit that um, signal from your brain telling you run away and then maybe when there's some crazy situation going on and you need to stay in control of yourself it will probably be a bit easier if you've been practicing this so but Wim Hof method very healthy you can look that up there's a lot of scientific research has been done on it improving your immune system something I felt like was a great shame during the COVID stuff is that this wasn't really talked about it, it seems um, but uh, the breathing methods have a, um, seems like a lot of potential scientists are uncovering um, for um, and cold exposure for improving the immune system and improving health, endocrine system so your mood, your happiness, um, immune system. So I guess you could say your strength. Um, and uh, uh, what was the other? Um, he says happiness, strength, and health. Yeah. Oh no, health is immune. Um, I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, good for you. <laughs> All right. Um, entheogens. Uh, so yeah. If you are spiritually advanced enough and you're ready to explore, then that can um, your consciousness. Then these things, plant medicines, can be very good uh, for when taken responsibly and with due reverence and care, uh, attention to detail, um, set and setting, um, and uh, you can make a lot of um, you can heal yourself emotionally, um, mentally, and spiritually, and you know develop yourself. And so that's a great thing, um, but you know, just be aware it's not for everyone. Some people probably aren't, you know, ready for that. Maybe they'll never be in this lifetime, you know. Um, so it's something to, to that, you know, can definitely improve your health, but um, psychological health, but just uh, not for everyone, I'd say. Um, uh, journaling, like health, journaling, yeah, psychological health, just writing down what you've been doing, um, that will help you. When you're writing it down, you can, it improve, expands your memory, right? You've, more than you can hold in your head at once, you can put in a fr the page in front of you and just read, write something and then read it like twice over. Hmm. 
jump between paragraphs even and so it's kind of like zooming out on your mind being able to expand your memory um, and just putting it out there it'll kind of pop up you get into a flow and stuff kind of pops up from deeper maybe below the conscious level and so that's a very good way for gaining self-awareness and a sense of your own story where you want to go where you've been where you are where you want to go and where you don't want to go um, and so that can be very healthy for you um, very simple thing right low-hanging fruit delicious wow um, and juicy um, so what else here um, now mindset positive mindset right so this is kind of the third uh, I mean um, part of the, the Wim Hof method is like you know there's breathing cold exposure and mindset or um, uh, or you know your willpower but kind of like you know glass half full glass half empty you know positive mindset is very powerful um, here's the thing the placebo effect uh, the gold standard of you know scientific research every study must include a placebo so they give a pill to a ca you know pill that they hope is going to uh, shrink a tumor or, you know help someone with cancer um, half the people they give them sugar pills and they don't they don't tell who, they don't know it's a dub, double blind so the people getting the pill don't know if it's sugar or a real thing and the researchers don't know either because so that they wouldn't give subconscious unconscious cues to the people of like oh you're just getting a sugar pill um, so to make sure no one knows it's completely double blind no one knows and the um, and then uh, the reason is the people who get the sugar pill in general they get better a certain uh, uh, quite a few of them will have improvements and this has been shown again and again and again and so they need to say there's like a 10% improvement among the people who get the sugar pill the placebo and then there's a 20% improvement among the the other people they go oh, okay so th this is a real medicine it's 10% effective because it had a 20% change the placebo is only 10% so okay therefore this is is a real advantage if it was 10% and 10% they go oh it's just placebo no it's not doing anything so that shows the power of the mind similarly the nocebo effect if you tell people you know they're going to get sick uh, which you know might seem familiar in recent times which is a bit dangerous some of the messaging of from you know media government recently um, but if you tell people you're going to get sick then that can it can be a self-fulfilling prophecy where the placebo effect in reverse and that's also been demonstrated scientifically so this is basically magic you know this is like the power of the mind it's nuts um, so you can use that yourself you can you can try to harness the placebo effect positive mindset the body is whenever I uh, you know start to feel a bit sick or something I go the body is strong I just say to myself the body is strong you know and um, you know, the, the only real problem with this is that you go, well, no, but I'm just trying to get the placebo effect. It's not going to work because you know what you're doing. But that's fine. It's fine. You don't have to, you know, repress and pretend, lie to yourself. It's definitely going to work, but I know it's not. Shut up. You don't have to do that. Okay. You say it's, it's going to work. And even if you have doubts, okay. But no, it's going to work. It's going to work. Just try to, you know, keep to that mantra. And um, you'll start to notice it does work, um, I believe. And it's been shown studies and so over time you start to get experience with that and build up trust that yeah it does work and it won't always work you know like i'll get sick sometimes but um in general i seem to get sick very far less than a lot of people and i think a lot of that is just um i assume that i'm going to be healthy you know so placebo effect positive mindset um you know life things don't happen to you they happen for you that's another one you know there's a problem okay this is part this is going to lead to something amazing how do you know that? Well, how do you know the opposite? You don't. It's just an assumption, isn't it? Living is a gamble, baby. Loving's much the same. 
Uh, yeah, Blues Run the Game, great song, Jackson C. Frank. Um, but yeah, so, well, what, what do you want to assume? May as well assume the positive and use the placebo effect, and that can be a self-fulfilling prophecy. This is for physical health, emotional health, whatever. Um, assume the best, you tend to get the best. Also in other people, they tend to you know, mirror what you're expecting in general, except for a small minority who are trying to screw you over <laughs> any way they can. Um, uh, so, and purpose, yeah. So having some sort of direction in life, I think that seems to be, uh, a lot of people seem to, you know, they hate their jobs. They feel like there's no, doesn't, doesn't make any, there's no meaning in it. Um, doesn't make a difference. Um, then that seems to be very bad for people physically, emotionally on every level. Right. So trying, if, if you're doing a job for money and you need it, you know, to support your family, you feel like this is what you want to do. That's a deep, fair enough. That's a one path doing work. Um, where uh, you, um, you know, you, it, it's not meaningful to you intrinsically. However, you use the the money to open up opportunities for you and your family. And but then just make sure you're doing something meaningful and you have some sort of purpose outside of work, right? Then it seems like this is going to be useful. So low hanging fruit, yeah, for sure, right? That's so you want to do that anyway, right? But that will help your health. So now um, a few kind of more specific things. So. Um, uh, some of these, you know, like aren't as important, but we're just going to go through the list, right? Games, playing games, very good for you, right? Play chess, good for your mind. Um, you know, playing sports, good for your body and, you know, uh, your mind, right? Um, connecting with other people, right? So this is part of health, you know, just playfulness, you know? Um, music, very good em emotionally. Music is very, very powerful. Um, it, even when you think everything's meaningless, the people who think everything's meaningless, the, a lot of them are listening to like death metal, so they're still listening, they're still unconsciously perhaps, still, um, there's something, you know, like, uh, it wasn't my idea, but that, uh, the, the idea being like, there's structured patterns of uh, vibration that you're imbibing into your consciousness, and it seems to express something, and you move your body in accordance, right? And it's, it's meaningful to you. And so music, whether you're, if I'm sad, I can play guitar and channel that, the blues, kind of, you know, and... Uh, I'll feel better. It's like there's a cathartic release. If I'm feeling happy, I can play guitar and it just expands it. So it's like an amplification, you know. Even a, an acoustic guitar can amplify your emotions um, or amplify your peace. Um, so, yeah, and music, you know, if you want a, an easy way to get into music would be uh, get a harmonica. I don't have one here, actually, but um, well, I do not right here. Um, everything is in key. All the notes. It's impossible to hit a wrong note. Um, and you out in, out in, you're just going up the, ma up, up the major scale. So you can play that. If you have a C harmonica and your friend has a piano, they can just play this, the white notes and you play the harmonica. You're both going to be in key. It's impossible for you not to be in key. And you're over, so it'll sound good. It'll sound okay and good in, you know, and maybe very good in alternation. Then just keep doing it. You're going to start to just notice patterns and it's going to be good and very good. And then just very good, you know. So, yeah, music um, and learning an instrument, very, very good for you. Good for your mind, um, but good for your happiness. Um, yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, martial arts, very good. I mean, again, developing your mind and the power of your mind, but also just your mood, like getting uh, rid of all the aggression, you know. You can channel your aggression into something. Um, you can also channel your stress and just drain yourself where you don't have enough energy to be feeling bad anymore you know 
And, um, and because your body has been doing all this really healthy stuff, the, you get this kind of signal of like, oh, good. For whatever reason, it f you feel really good. It improves your mood. Um, and also, yeah, your mind is too drained to be tyrannizing you with negative thoughts. And um, also, it's very social if you do it with a group. Um, good for you, uh, your emotions, you know, getting you in line to have good reactions to things. Humility, um, discipline, um, uh, humor. You, you mess up something, you laugh at yourself, you know. Um, so, and physically very good for you. Um, so, of course, try to avoid injuries, but um, do the best you can. Um, I say even with injuries, it's worth it. You get more than you lose, even if you are getting injured every now and then. Um, and new skills, similarly, just trying, learning new stuff, very good for you, good, for, you know, mentally, I think emotionally also, in get, you know, helping you, if you're, you don't enjoy your work, for example, just learning new skills on the side can, um, apart from potentially leading to a new career, um, that can just, you know, improve your happiness and your emotional health. Um, uh, okay, um, yeah, now, um, uh, just to hop back to mindset for a second, something I forgot to say was, um, there's a, uh, some monk for the Self-Realization Fellowship. Um, he had a point that uh, I think he said, I was watching some video and he said, um, uh, some charming Irish fella, and he was saying um, for the key to emotional mastery, um, which sounds pretty good, is um, three basic kind of emotions or approaches, mindsets, um, attitudes, uh, compassion, gratitude, and pride. Which I think is very interesting, very powerful. Compassion, gratitude, and pride. And I think, I've been thinking about that, or I have thought about it before, and uh, I think it seems to apply both to yourself and to others. Feeling compassion for other people's pain tends to give you more grounding in a good, emotionally balanced perspective. Um, uh, gratitude for others, and all the great things people do for us, and to help make the world go round. Um, and pride in the good things people do to balance out your envy or jealousy or resentment or disappointment in the human race and to, you know, um, pride, all the good things we do. And, um, you know, watch, if, if, if that's too hard to relate to, watch a movie, a good movie where it's like a distillation of something to be proud about, you know, someone growing and doing some good stuff. Um, and you can also do that to yourself. Compassion for yourself. When you're beating yourself up um, or you're um, whatever, just try to see yourself almost from a third-person point of view and go, yeah have some, some compassion um pride in yourself you know being like yeah good work keep it up um gratitude even like ap appreciating the good things you've already done um or just gratitude for the gifts you're given you know um anyway so that would be i think useful for mindset um now uh so what else okay okay yeah um um so Oh, uh, yeah, so some other thing. Now, this is about diet, actually, back to diet. Two things. One is in the morning, If you one little thing you can do, it's a bit, really cool thing, magic potion, okay? You get a glass, of, I got it from Aubrey Marcus. Um, he's got a great podcast if you want to check it out. Um, he calls it a mineral cocktail. I call it magic potion due to my friend Amin. Thank you, Amin, for the great name. Uh, water, oh, yeah, filtered water. Filter your water. Um, tap water tends to be pretty, you know, heinous in general. Um very a very cheap way to filter it is um, to filter out like you know all the bad juju. I think this filters fluoride as well, which, as far as I understand, it, is not good for you at all. Although people say that that's a conspiracy theory, I believe it's actually just it's a fertilizer byproduct. So it was convenient to think that it was fine for that industry, and I believe, and certain people thought it was good for various reasons. But there's natural fluorides, and 
you know, maybe they're fine. But um, but yeah, it seems like uh, pretty evidence accumulating as far as I, can, I understand that this is not at all good. We, it shouldn't be in the public water supplies. Where, thank God where I am, it's not in the water supply. But, um, you know, even if it is, you can filter it out if, if you have a proper filter. A Brita filter, I don't think will do it. But um, charcoal is what I use. So I have jars and I just fill them up with tap water and there's a... Um, Kyoban, some Japanese charcoal water filter. Look that up. Um, and uh, it's this wood, little bits of wood that have been like, I think superheated and then kind of brought down, cooled extremely quickly. It creates these little black, you know, like mini log things. And you just put them, they're in the jar, fill it with water, leave it there for eight hours. Even after one hour, it's going to have improved the water a lot. But after eight hours, um, I, I will pour that into a jug and then repeat the process. So, I, and I have two of them. So I'm just cycling this constantly because I drink a lot of water. Um, and this uh, is pulling out the um, a bunch of bad stuff from the water, like um, uh, I think heavy metals and um, chemicals and bacteria. I don't think so, but the the public water supply already they remove the bacteria with a lot of heinous chemicals, often you know, chlorine and stuff. So you're pulling that out, and then just maybe every three months you boil the charcoal again, and you can use it again. And I think there's a certain you know you can't do that forever. I think, but anyway, they're cheap. A good way to do it that's what i do um but so filtered water magic potion f filtered water um lemon juice half a lemon or a whole lemon lemon juice um a teaspoon or so of uh sea salt um himalayan sea salt if you want um celtic sea salt something good good quality sea salt that's full of a bunch of minerals you don't get from normal salt um and you don't get from many places and our body needs or can benefit from a lot of these minerals so you Put that, so you have the salt, you have the lemon juice, which is very alkaline and very good for you for various reasons I don't remember. Um, water is good for you because you're a human. Um, and also, if you want, uh, which I would definitely do, a, a shot of apple cider vinegar, which is probiotic, also alkaline. You know, Wim Hof method increases the alkalinity of your body also, by the way, lowering inflammation. Um, and uh, so th that's all, you know, you just stir that together, down it, you get used to it. It's pretty, it's not bad. I quite, I like it actually. But, um, you know, you might find it a bit intense, but hey, you know, you could drink a glass of bourbon, right? You could drink a magic potion. And um, it's like better than coffee. First thing in the morning, that like, whoa, that gets you awake. And um, your body through the day will deplete stores of certain, you know, like minerals and things. And so this is a way of recharging that. So that's one thing for diet you can do. Um, and uh, the other thing I wanted to mention was what? Um, it was um, something potentially important that will come to me if it is. Now, um, uh, oh yes, intermittent fasting. Um, thank you, universe. So uh, uh, you can eat the same amount of food, but just eat it in a, uh, a narrower time window and you will have a bunch of health benefits. Uh, this is the idea behind intermittent fasting, which um, is scientifically verified as working, right? Um, it helps with senescence, like death of cells. So basically, say you eat within an eight-hour window. So you start eating at lunchtime. You skip breakfast. You have I've, At first, this might not be good for you. So before an exam, probably don't start doing this. But you can ease yourself into this. Um, and uh, then it, it's, it's great. I believe if you're not... If you're, um, at first, you could go into starvation mode. Or So look this up. Um, Mark Sisson, Sisson, like Mark's Daily Apple, he talks about this. But um, the primal blueprint, that guy. Um, but I think basically it's pretty easy to avoid that, that pitfall. But there is, you do need to just be aware. Um, 
you know, like at first it might not have the exact effects. Um, and I think maybe before starting it, it might be a good idea to raise the general level of your health and maybe cut down on the carbs beforehand so you, you know how to live off of fat. Um, anyway, basically intermittent fasting is, you know, say you start eating at 12, you finish eating at 8. You eat within that time window, whatever you want. Um, and then, so it's not just break fast breakfast where you break your fast overnight, but you let that go a bit longer. Or you could do it the other way. You could have breakfast and lunch and then just an early dinner and stop eating earlier. Either way, um, 10, 8 to 10 hours window right, of eating. Um, that uh, allows your body, your body's like, okay, we've already digested everything. All right, so let's, well, let's what should we do? Oh, how about we clear up some of this junk, you know? And it, it um, clears off dead cells. And so there's a bunch of health benefits from that. And I believe losing uh, weight loss is one of them. Um, so, and cognitive function, I believe. So, all right, so... Now, what else? Um, glasses. I mean, tried not to use glasses too much. Is far. I mean, that's my understanding. Um, that's more c very controversial. But from my under, like, I mean, I have quite sensitive eyes, and um, glasses are painful for me. Like, uh, really doesn't feel very good at all. Um, and so, um, I don't use them if I can avoid it. So, I would consider them like high heels. You know, maybe there's a time and place for it, but don't do it that long. Um, don't be wearing them all the time. That would be my advice. If you're, if you're, if you're vision, because often people get glasses and then two years later, oh, my vision's gotten worse. I need stronger glasses. It's like, oh, thank God the glasses are getting stronger, you know, because my vision's just mysteriously getting worse. Hmm. Maybe it's a feedback loop, no? Like, be, be, maybe it's not, but it could be. And there's certain evidence to, to think that. Um, so generally trying to limit them and just trying to blink, breathing, general health habits is good and looking in the distance, um, relaxation, fluid movement, like not staring at things, but kind of um, the art of seeing, Aldous Huxley talked about, based upon the Bates method. Um, and I don't know if, you know, those two people had everything dialed in properly. It was a while back, you know, but there's something to it, it seems. Um, and definitely I feel my eyesight is better when I'm not wearing glasses in general. Um, and uh, so I would use them when I need to. So that's something to be aware of. If you're having problems with your eyes, try and see if you can, you know, lay off the glasses a bit Obviously, be safe with it, but um, see, uh, you know, um, look into alternative. Uh, it seems you can um, improve your vision to some extent naturally. Um, and uh, but yeah, but some people, I guess, will need the glasses. That's fine. And some people, maybe with their eyes sight isn't that bad. Maybe it doesn't really. You don't notice the difference. Maybe it's fine. But someone like me, I, I definitely notice it. So, you know. Um, but yeah. Anyway, glasses. Something to mention. Health. Just to be aware of. Shoes. Running. I run with uh, Vibram Five Fingers, also not a sponsor, um, and uh, they basically, uh, it's like gloves for your feet, and um, they've got a th durable but quite thin sole, and the idea is that for millions of years we were running without, you know, apparently um, having a few enough in in injuries that we were able to evolve to this point over millions of years, we were running barefoot. And uh, running a lot. That's how we hunted a lot of animals is we ran them to exhaustion. They could run faster than us, but not as long as us. So we would keep them in sight, run just far enough, fast enough so we could keep them in sight. And then they would think, oh, oh the humans are gone. Cool, chill. And then we'd catch up and go, oh, they're there again. And they'd sprint again. And we'd do that for like days sometimes. And then they would just exhaust themselves and die. And we would move in and eat them. Um, so we've been running throughout history. And um, there's a book called Born to Run, which turned me on to this. Thank you, Derek. Um, and uh, basically, the, uh, it's a journalist who uh, studying this tribe that was, you know, great runners in Mexico. 
and he um he kind of from there launched into this research upon the history of like running shoes and um to make a long story short um there's i'm persuaded that there's strong evidence that running shoes uh, a lot of professional runners they get a lot of injuries it's very common and there's a lot of professional runners who were told like you can't keep running you know you're, it's over right uh, even for fun you can't do it and they were able to transition into um running with barefoot running shoes like the vibram five fingers where there's not this huge heel which was developed like 50 years ago by nike you know it's like a very new thing and it totally shifted the way we run we run on the back of our foot heel toe heel toe whereas naturally you'd be more on the bowl of your foot um your run and it's like a d different um uh, apparently as far as i understand it there's about a third of the force going up through your knees and your joints when you're running in the front of your foot compared to the back which is like three times more force and so there's all these injuries resulting and a lot of people they're able professionals they're able to start running again by as i understand it by transitioning to these um you know barefoot running kind of shoes and so it's using different muscles so you need to be careful you need to transition slowly because it's using different muscles either you could hurt yourself you're not used to this so transition carefully and um yeah it's it's amazing it's just like running barefoot on grass you've done that right um you definitely did when you were a kid um unless you live in the desert but then you know you're running in the desert sure um and uh this is uh um very good well it seems like this is a, a basic thing for health to be aware of um if you're going to run if you're, if you're having injuries with running perhaps you could try look look into this or if you're curious so um now let's see uh oh yeah sleeping um uh, if you're having trouble sleeping or pro problems back problems um apparently um uh you know again we evolved sleeping on hard surfaces and if you can have a harder bed um apparently that's actually good for you i used to for like a year at least i slept on a a beautiful majestic carpet or rug you know with a pillow and blanket and i slept on this rug it was extremely comfortable i had a bed which wasn't that it was a bit messed up so that's what started me i was like oh, i may as well try this but um even uh like i think it was more comfortable than i wanted to sleep in the ground like um you know when i occasionally sleep on another bed or something uh like i was like well i mean it's nice but uh this i think the ground's probably more comfortable for me so you could try that out or try just like a mattress um like not not very thick so apparently that's good for your your back um but again, transitioning, right? And maybe it's not for everyone. Only for crazy people. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, being aware. Okay, one specific thing is, again, I don't know, but I have heard that ibuprofen is um, it's a common thing people take, right, for pain. You could drink water, do some breathing, Wim Hof instead. Apparently, ibuprofen, it um, causes inflammation. So it's reducing the inflammation, but then causing more. And so then people take it to counteract that inflammation and then that causes and then it works but then there's a bit of a delay and it causes more and so people who think oh i have to take ibuprofen i have terrible headaches uh-huh again maybe similar to glasses maybe again i don't know i'm not an expert these are things to look into you're a responsible adult uh is maybe okay what if i cut down on that and if i maybe using the wim hof method and certain other lifestyle changes stop taking it um i believe what people have said is they have stopped taking it and after a certain amount of time the headaches disappear and so they didn't realize it but they were you know kind of feeding it um with that so that's something to be aware of look into do your own research um uh and in general look i think medicine's got a place 
and it's there's wonderful things that medicine can do for us but um like pharmaceuticals but in general it's not the key to health like a magic pill you know come on um so uh it's kind of a last resort if you need it use it but there's so many other ways to improve your um health on every level without them and so generally i basic principle of health i think is be independent um don't be reliant on anything um and so ideally uh you know i i never take um pain medication i got my wisdom teeth removed and i didn't take um pain medication i just you know did breathing and i, I wa uh, walking on grass also reduces inflammation because of the electron whatever it is there's some sort of flow negative ion flow between you and the earth um and so it's grounding they call it and it's been scientifically studied right and um it uh, decreases oxidative stress and thus decreases inflammation, which is essentially the same as drinking green tea and getting all the antioxidants. Um, teas are also great, teas and you know, obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, so be careful with, you know, relying on cheap fi um, quick fixes, you know. Um, and uh, it's not the real low-hanging fruit, you know. There's like uh, juicier, lower fruits. Um, vitamin D in winter, if you're in somewhere like me, you know, well, I mean, or it's kind of like uh, you're not getting, you're not actually getting uh, much vitamin D at all in winter. So um, if you're, you know, in Canada or Northern Europe or whatever, uh, you should uh, supplement with vitamin D. You can get sprays, you can get pills. Um, I think you have to take them with fat to make them soluble, I think. So eat it with some fat of some sort. But, um, but yeah, if you're like, oh, I get the blues in winter, I just hate it. It might not just be that, you know, people are less upbeat and there's, you know, you know, overcast weather or whatever. It might literally be your vitamin D levels are low. Um, uh, they call it seasonal affective disorder, SAD, uh, where people, um, there's less uh, vitamin D produced. And say people from Africa also, um, if you've got darker skin, then um, if you're in northern climates, uh, your body is so good at filtering out the UV that you're going to not get enough vitamin D at all. You definitely need a supplement, maybe even in summer, you know, I don't know. Um, but, uh, and cause you know, your skin, the melanin is designed. So very pale people from North, you know, growing up, um, whose ancestors, you know, kind of were living in, um, and yeah, uh, Northern, you know, colder climates, with less sun, you know, they need, um, they can get vitamin D more easily. They're like solar panels. Um, a lot of the, uh, COVID, uh, um, I believe a lot of the, there's a study that maybe it was 2020 that came out saying, um, uh, ninety percent of the COVID deaths, or something really crazy high, um, or maybe was it hospital admissions? I think it may have been deaths, or maybe both. I can't quite remember, but were um, correlated to vitamin D deficiency because almost everyone's deficient, deficient in vitamin D in many industrialized countries. Um, and so they were saying this would be the low-hanging fruit. Um, uh, perhaps a bit of a missed opportunity there, but um, unfortunately, but you know, like your immune system is much stronger when you have vitamin D. Uh, at least against um, viruses. And, um, but yeah, so, yeah, but vitamin D in general, very good for you for various things. Um, let's see, sunscreen. I mean, you know, like, do what you got to do. But um, it seems like uh, the ideal sunscreen would be a zinc one. A lot of the ingredients in sunscreen are not actually healthy for you, as I understand it. And, you know, oh, it stings, but it must be good. Mm, ah, maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, so potentially zinc-based ones, which is zinc's a natural, you know, is an element, you know, um, that would be stronger and um, maybe better for the environment also because it's just zinc washing off. Um, although it's very white, so, you know, go use it sparingly. 
Um, but yeah, so that would be one thing to be aware of. But there's a lot of chemicals in sunscreen. Who knows what they're doing to us? Um, uh, so similar thing with makeup, I'd say, you know. But uh, ladies, I'd say you look more beautiful without it anyway. But um, hey, who am I to judge? I think do, do whatever makes you feel good, you know. But um, yeah, I think uh, th that's something to be careful with also. Um, now, uh, so yeah, another thing, yeah, nature, getting uh, exposure to nature. So gardening, I think I have plants, indoor plants, you know, um, uh, you can, uh, we got a plant here. There's a little plant. Um, so I think uh, learning, learning to have, uh, to garden and to have plants around you is really, really fun. Um, and uh, they make they improve your mood, you know. I think uh, walking, spending time hiking in nature or walking around, though, that's been shown to be very healthy for various things. So, again, maybe this is obvious, but uh, this will definitely improve your health. So that's something to, to make sure you're getting into nature. Go to the beach, go to a forest, you know, walk into the, the hills or whatever. Um, a park even, you know, just trying to... And walking on the grass barefoot. I like to just sit down under a tree, take off my shoes, sit there, for, you know, meditate for a bit. And then, all right, dust off your feet, put your socks on, put your shoes on, off you go, you know? And, um, but yeah. So, uh, yes. Uh, one other thing, specific suggestion. Ha, 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 So, yeah, laughing is extremely healthy for you, obviously. But, um, but uh, I mean, intuitively, that makes sense. But I believe they've done studies on this now. But, um, so... That would also be, you know, I think it's a, it's an amazing, even for, for your spiritual health, just laughing, like being able to stay conscious um, in the deeper sense of conscious, you know, rather than becoming, falling into egoic um, identification with the stream of thinking and inability to guide it via the space around it and that wisdom therein and peace. Um, laughter is incredibly powerful and, uh, yeah, some of the, the wisest people always seem to have a great sense of humor, you know. Um, so, and, you know, the worst people seem to have no sense of humor, you know. They're just, like, do you see Hitler chuckling? I don't know. Did, I, don't, I haven't seen a video. Um, but then maybe there's, a, I guess, a sort of malicious humor that can also be there. So almost like a laughing at sort of thing. But in general, I think, yeah, laughing is um, very powerful for you, very good. Um, so I guess... Uh, yeah, leave. It. That's basically it. So, hot, hot list of uh, little uh, things to think about, look into. Um, I'll leave you with a little quote uh, from the Buddha, um, old mate Siddhartha Gautama. Um, I think it's something like, um, "There is uh, the the greatest gift is health. The greatest can um, is the." Uh, the greatest gift is health. The greatest wealth is contentment. The best relationship is faithfulness. Um, so that's deep and that's going on to other topics too. But health as a gift, the greatest gift, you know, and a lot of it is a gift. It just comes to you and we are very blessed to have it. But um, you can um, kind of allow that gift to come in more, you know. You can do what Santa wants and he might give you a few more gifts there, you know. Um, and uh, uh, whereas I, I guess, yeah, so um, I think uh, health is like the foundation for basically almost everything. Um, 
and I'd say awareness is more deeper as a foundation than health, um, and you know uh, perhaps even education. Who knows? But being healthy, it's not some boring thing. It's like everything you want really hinges on health. Try to do anything you want and try to have a good time. If you are uh, not healthy, it's basically impossible, right? You eat too much uh, pasta and you get bloated. You, know, you can barely have a conversation, you know. So, um, yeah. Oh, but didn't mention, but you know, um, uh, addictions actually. I, I, so before we close here, I um, skipped over that. Uh, yes. So, I mean, like uh, alcohol, right? Um, and other whatever other drugs. <laughs> Um, think addictions if you're dependent on something um, and if it is narrowing the range of pleasure you can get you're not able to enjoy if you need more and more of something to get the same amount of pleasure right that looks like an addiction if you are um, if you're losing interest in other things like the range of things that give you pleasure is becoming more and more narrowed upon this thing that's a sign that it's addictive addiction um, and if it's not good for you, it's causing problems in your life, then you know, that seems like an addiction. Some people can, you know, do... Um, I think Paul Kelly, the great um, Australian uh, singer-songwriter, um, basically Australian Dylan, um, he, uh, said he was taking heroin for 17 years or something. And, um, but he said, he's just, I guess, a strong-willed individual. He said, um, according to him, you know, maybe not all the time, I don't know, but that he... Um, he would do it, and he felt like it, it uh, improved his life, and he was able to control it. And it wasn't something you know he talked about publicly until kind of more recently, but that um, you know he felt that he, he was able to make that call and keep that in balance, and that it didn't. It wasn't an addiction that he could stop it if he wanted to, and he did stop it. And he said it wasn't difficult. He just chose not to stop at a certain point. Um, so addictions, you know, but I think there's an enormous amount of addiction in the world, and. That's a real sign of the um, psychological illness we are um, in uh, in society. I think a lot of society doesn't look very healthy. <laughs> There's a great Jiddu Krishnamurti quote: "It's no measure of health to be well ad adapted to a thoroughly sick society," <laughs> which is really amazing. But um, but addictions, I think it's you know to some extent it's a personal um, understanding, like. Uh, you know, uh, are you d doing something too much? Um, and just try to keep it in balance. But those are some pointers for, you know, thinking, should um, I allow this to be part of my life or not? And sometimes maybe it can think seem like, oh, there's no choice, you know. What choice do I have but to have my wine every day, you know, my bottle of wine every day, you know. Like, I, I try to do it and I just feel terrible. That's, I mean, understandable, but, um, but that's a brief thing that, and we can try to, and maybe with, you know, cold showers, with martial arts, other things, there are ways where you can gain that strength through other pursuits and then confront that boss uh, later, that Bowser, when you've built up the strength through these other levels of the game. Um, also, you can reflect, what do I really want? Is it I that, f that benefits from this thing? Or is it all an illusion? Is it the Wizard of Oz, you know? Is it um, a parasite? in me that uh, wants this or is it just um is it a story in my head that this is what i want but actually maybe so you can just bring more consciousness to it do it right okay yep i'm gonna take my drugs or i'm gonna do whatever and i know i shouldn't i feel bad okay well if you're gonna do it just go with it you know and just pay attention and say how do i feel what's the reality of this how does it actually interact with me you know 
And you might find that actually doesn't even really feel that good. Interesting. Whereas if you'd been busy berating yourself for doing it, you might not have had enough space internally to notice that, hey, I'm not even getting the pleasure from this. It's not like I shouldn't be getting this pleasure. I'm, it's not even giving me pleasure. And so in general, consciousness is the answer. I'm not an addiction expert. These are just some thoughts. I think we all struggle with this. Like I could drink less coffee, you know, or eat less bread or whatever, you know. So it's um, a work in progress, always, health. And we go in waves and there's seasons to everything, you know. Spring comes, winter comes, um, there are cycles. And I think you just try to do your best and try not to let it get too extreme at any point. And um, most of all, cultivate a sense of gratitude for health. And like just when you've just been sick and you're healthy again, you feel so happy and grateful. Cultivate that sense uh, and, and also excitement and an excitement for health. And it's not some boring thing that it's... Um, and there's something I think I need to learn too, definitely, is uh, just to, to feel like... Um, well, I could go have that coffee, but all that, you know, do that thing or whatever, or drink another pint. But you know what's actually more interesting and more exciting is how will I feel if I'm more in balance? Physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, probably going to feel pretty good. So on that note, my dear friends, um, I wish you health and uh, I uh, thank you for your presence. See you next time. Peace and love.